Hello and welcome to the Sovereign Collective Podcast, where we bring you real raw truth for your self-empowerment. I'm your host, Sasha Calavota, and I believe that you can stand on your own two feet, but that you don't have to do it alone. I love learning from people who continually strive to raise the bar, to go against mainstream thinking, and who dare to question the general consensus. People are risking ridiculed or even risk the loss of their professional status as they bravely question the common narratives and challenge the rest of us to expand our minds and to reconsider what we think we already know. Join me in learning how to take control of your health and your mind so that you can have the energy to think more clearly and the confidence to step up and take responsibility for all aspects of your life. We promise to never censor here because I believe you are strong enough to hear the real raw truth to make up your own mind. If you like what you find here at the Sovereign Collective Podcast, then please share with your friends and family. I so appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. And now on to the show. Hi, y'all. This is Sasha here for two quick announcements before we get on to our interview for today. First of all, if you are looking for quality supplements, quality tonic herbs, some specialty food items, and you're in and around Calgary, then please go check out Lotus Herbal Health, a great family-run store that has two locations in Calgary. You can find them at lotusherbalhealth.ca to find out where their locations are, or you can shop online and they will pretty much deliver anywhere. So quality supplements, tonic herbs, great staff, check out lotusherbalhealth.ca. Secondly, I want to announce the relaunch of my program called Your Conscious Pregnancy and Parenting Guide, which consists of experts in their fields around the world on consciousness and parenting and education and nutrition and dentistry and homeopathy and more. This is a program I created after my son was born about 10 years ago, a little bit more than that. And I am now very concerned after the events of 2020 for our future generations. And I believe the time is now for conscious parenting and for conscious parents to rise up and take, to take back our pregnancies and our births and our parenting and the resilience of our children and of future generations. The time is now. We change the course of history by changing the course of our future generations. And we do that by consciously raising them, consciously birthing them, consciously conceiving them, feeding them good food, and taking back the responsibility of raising healthy, well-adjusted, robust people. Resilience. It's time to build resilience. So please go check out sovereigncollective.org forward slash get the guide, and you will be able to check out all of the amazing material in there. It's time for us to understand how our worldviews are formed, how our self-views are formed, and how to impact that and how that impacts the society on a whole. So check it out, sovereigncollective.org forward slash get the guide. And now on to the show. All right, everyone. Hello, it's Sasha here with another episode for the Sovereign Collective Podcast. And today I'm with Dr. Cassie Huckabee. Super stoked. I get such great people on this show. So I'm really excited to learn from this woman because she's awesome. I first learned about her from the Dr. Tommy John podcast. I had Dr. Tommy John on this show as well, who is described by one of my listeners as a riot. So if anybody wants to listen to that, I think it's a pretty good description. He is quite a riot, but grounded in common sense and humanity and wisdom and curiosity. I think this interview is going to go along those same lines, right? Like Dr. Dr. Cassie is a, a naturopath, but She's got this wisdom beyond her years. And that, that for me is what something that really stood out for me in that interview is this wisdom that she's embodying and this humanity. And I really feel at the time of this recording, it's March, it's St. Patrick's Day, actually 2021. And 
where has the humanity gone? Yeah. You know, it, it's just uh, people's fears have allowed the way we have treat or treating people and seeing people and the lack of discernment we have because of our fear and our lack of humanity and the lack of respect that we're giving our elders. It's just, we need the humanity to come back. And I think you'll really feel that from, from Dr. Huckabee. And she has a really great story that we're going to talk about to begin with, because she came from going to be a doctor, right? But she allowed her own experiences to change that and didn't get sucked in from that paradigm of dogma that a lot of people get sucked into and have been sucked into right now. So Dr. Huckabee is the one behind grit natural medicine. And I also want to talk about the name of that because I love that word. That's such an awesome word. Grit, such a good word. And uh, she's a doctor of naturopathic medicine and is also trained in functional neurology and clinical immunology. And she uses a multi multifunctional approach in her practice, which is in San Diego. And more importantly, she believes in you and sees you as a person, not as your diagnosis, not as the label that you have been given, but you as a whole person. And she knows that it's not just about what you put on your plate every day. Like she knows that as some people do is that health is not in that prescription. It's not on that plate. It's such a whole picture project with a myriad of factors that we can't even begin to truly understand as people. And we have to really embrace, I think that mystery and the quantum nature of the universe, but also know that there's some really clear things that we can put into place too. So anyways, thank you, Dr. Huckabee for joining me today. I am really excited to be meeting you over this medium here and to learn more directly from you. Yes, let's do it. Okay. Um, so many things you said, right? I can already feel, um, what's going to come through this, um, the word humanity, right? And mystery. Um, those two words just encompass everything that captured my attention, even coming into practicing medicine in the way that I practice and looking um, through the lens that I now um, see the world through, which I think if we could help people see the reality of the, the world that they live in and the reality of what the capacity of the human um, has, um, I think it would change, there would be nothing but change that could result from that knowing, right, the wisdom that comes from that truth with a capital T. Um, and so that's why I'm here. That's what I do. That's the only reason I do any of this um, is because when you taste this, when you experience it, when you see it, um, and you feel love from all that is in creation, you want everybody else to feel, taste, experience that as well. And to know that, you know, there is no hierarchy to any of this, right? We are humans, we are humanity. And that is just this beautiful dance, right? And you talked about the mystery and that's what I fell in love with was how much do we not even have the capacity to understand? How much do we not know? And how much more beautiful is that? Um, that truth, that potential, that world than the world that we have accepted as law, as truth, um, and that has gotten humanity to here. And I think if we're gonna change um, everything, we have to start at the individual. And that's why I do what I do. That's why I think that the individual is the most powerful. Because if each individual managed their self, managed their internal relationship, managed the marriage between their self and their body, then every relationship that came after that would be so much more enhanced, so much more beautiful, so much more true. And then just the resonance of that rippling throughout 
the world, it couldn't look the same. It wouldn't such a good word. Resonance. Yes. And it spreads and in such a beautiful way, right? We talk about things spreading and things being contagious, right? What if the things that are beautiful, the things that are magical, the things that are mystical are just as contagious? What if we started spreading that? What if we went through life in such a way that we hoped that touched other people, even without them knowing, right? The beautiful offering that that would be of like just me being around you and me seeing you and loving you, even without you knowing could change the field around you, which therefore would impact matter if we want to get into this quantum world, right? And I think it's such a a much more beautiful reality that we could experience and that we could know. And it would make our time here just like this beautiful dance that is here, that is available, but we have to open our minds to it. We have to, you know, look in the direction of that mystery, right? I love that you led with that word too, humanity and mystery. What if we fell in love with that? What if we just completely let ourselves be overtaken by the medicine, um, the truth, and the love within just that in itself? We don't have to name it. We don't have to define it for it to be true, right? The actual act of defining something to this magnitude that is human, that is nature, that is creation, would be to minimize all that it is, all that it encompasses. And so that's what I fell in love with. That's what I, you know, just seeking out in every single day and what I search for, you know, because even like us meeting here today, how many things had to happen for you and I to cross paths? Mm -hmm. And what has happening, even though we're not anywhere near each other in the physical, the co-creation that's going to come from this moment is instantaneous right? And these are the things that can just take your breath away, that can make your mind just expand, open your doors of perception to maybe there's so much more here than I've ever been trained to think. And so I always like to take it back to, you know, often the the world of the quantum and the um, mysterious and, you know, even the mystical life seems so far from our physical experience. And so through medicine, um, I feel like I try to let people experience that in the physical because if you don't experience in the physical it's always going to be something that's outside of you something that you have to go to a guru for go into deep meditation something that has to be found when the truth is that it's all right here Mm -hmm. but in order for you to experience you have to do these things and you can marry you know the spiritual the soul and the physical it's all supposed to be braided together in this beautiful dance and when you can do that Um, in the physical, when you change the physical, then you can start understanding um, the wisdom underneath the lessons, right? And that helps you touch that quantum world. When, you know, often we're trying to grasp at these concepts, these um, things that are so hard to like say, I'm gonna bring this into my physical world through doing these things, right? When it's really just this, do these physical things, live in this physical life in such a way that you are open to experiencing the metaphysical background, which you already have the software, the hardware, the program, every piece to engage, interact and communicate on this level. And it's all here and it's all so beautifully simple. And um, that's why I fell in love with natural medicine and just couldn't look away from it because it was one of those things when you lock eyes with something that's true, 
Mm-hmm. You, you don't want to look away. You can't look away. You're completely captivated by all that's there, not because it's begging for your attention, but because it, there's just this nourishment, this hydration, this oxygen that comes from uh, the, that lock. And um, for me, it's been the thing that if I just feel like if humans, if we felt this and if we knew that if any human being has done something, we have the capacity to do it on our own. Um, and start practicing this through the physical, through medicine, through healing a physical body, what would that open us up for? What could our world look like if we didn't need a doctor, a pill, a procedure, if we were the medicine and you were the medicine for me and I was the medicine for you and just existing in this world was healing and nourishing. Um, And that's what I wanna give my time, energy, heart and focus to. Um, for as long as I get to be here on this physical plane. And so that's really what pulled me into this world. And like you said, my, my own healing journey opened my eyes to it um, because I did start out <laughs> on that other side. And, you know, most all of us have had our own type of healing journey. Um, some of us have gone to the point where we've been able to be given a word, right, a diagnosis. And I was given multiple after getting a vaccine and um at what age what age did you get that at um the vaccine that i got was when i was 20 i want to say 22. so um towards the end i had worked through all of the curriculum was ready to go to medical school um you know and at that time blindly trusted everything i trusted the medicine i trusted um, education. I trusted every system. I mean, I was naive to, um, what is true and real in this world. And so I just, you know, blindly trusted everything. And, um, then I received that vaccine. I received all three. And by the third one, I had neurological symptoms, things that just absolutely couldn't be ignored anymore. And then went to go, um, get help and was diagnosed with multiple things and basically told like, had nothing to do with the vaccine. It's your genetics. Um, We can't do anything for you. We can suppress some of the symptoms, but you have a risk of going blind. You'll have a risk of being infertile, have a risk of all of these different things. And it was just this heart-wrenching moment for me. One of like many of us experiences going to this model to get help and then telling you there's nothing for you, right? To go home and you know, just do the best you can. This is your new normal, right? A term we're all too familiar with at this point. Um, And so that really was a moment for me of, I don't want to give my life to something that couldn't give me life. It just didn't make any sense to me. I didn't know any other options at that point, um, but I knew that that wasn't good enough, right? I at least had something within me that was like, you know, my expectations are a little bit higher than go home and sit with it. And that's just really not going to cut it. You know, I'm in my early 20s. The rest of my family was vibrant and healthy and active. And so, you know, just being told it was my genetics is like, your genetics, really. I don't think that it is, actually. Um, so in that moment, too, I just imagined, like, if I continued on this path to be an allopathic MD, medical doctor, um, can I sit in that seat and tell somebody coming to me for help that I've got nothing for you, but I can make you worse? And that also felt disgusting to me, too. Yeah. 
And so at that point, it just crumbled everything that I knew. It crumbled, you know, honestly, my hope, my, um, you know, you work so hard to get that title because you're, you're trained to think that it has meaning and value and, you know, the prestige of it and all of these things that come with that title. And to be in that moment right before you're going to go in and do another four years of, of work um, to know that, you know, you came face to face with the reality that it does nothing. If anything, it would hurt you more. And it disheartened anything in you that was like, maybe I can get better. Maybe the feeling will come back. Maybe my vision will come back. Maybe my memory will come back. And, and for me, that just, it didn't feel good to me. Um, and that's that just, I just want to interject there for one sec, like that disheartening, that telling you, and then, and then that belief of what you're being told, like you turn off the healing right yeah. then and there, if you truly buy into that. Yeah. So, but you didn't buy into it. No. Well, part of me did, you know, you, you hit rock bottom for a little while when you right. don't know that there's another option, right? And that's why you and I are doing what we're doing is we want people to know there's another option. And it's right. so much more beautiful than you could ever imagine to take a chance on those things. If something doesn't meet your standards, if you think that there could be a better way, there is, or else you wouldn't feel that. And so in that moment, you know, I had to hit a rock bottom. I had to be hopeless, right? Because it opened me up. It took that level um of a bottoming out to open me up to something different and so when i was open to something different i was in a coffee shop and i overheard a conversation of a voodoo doctor in town that was healing people and um, otherwise i wouldn't have cared right the word voodoo wouldn't be something of value to me but at that point nothing was going to help me and i wanted to stick around a little bit longer so i was available and so when you're available to um, mm-hmm. other alternatives to a different perspective it opens up so many more avenues for you and in that moment there was just something in me of like I'm not going to tell anybody else but <laughs> I'm about this voodoo person um, one for my curiosity two if nobody else can help me maybe this person can right there's this part of you of like maybe right and then part of me just kind of came alive of like maybe there's something I don't know Right. And so then I ended up shadowing at this clinic and the first day was absolutely blown away. And, you know, I wasn't blown away because it was something I had ever heard before, but it was just so familiar to me. Even what kind of clinic was it? It was an integrative clinic. So um, it was an MD, um, but he had changed his path and gone more the natural route. And he actually was working with a naturopathic doctor. And I eventually met the naturopathic doctor and was like, you're the voodoo guy, <laughs> whatever. Wow. And I remember like telling him, I was like, whatever you are, whatever this crazy thing is, I have to do it. Like, tell me like how, like, cause I didn't know naturopathic medicine existed. I didn't even understand the word integrative. I thought it was just a cool way they were explaining the clinic. So I had no exposure to anything in this world. And he was like, you should look into naturopathic medicine. And, um, so I did. And I completely, I remember driving home that day, calling my mom's like, I'm not going to medical school. I'm not doing all of this. I don't believe in disease. And she's just like, whatever, whatever you did, let just, let's just calm down. <laughs> I'm out to the house. And, um, but it's one of those things where when you feel it, you can't unfeel it. Right. Right. And, but then I think another valuable thing at that time for me was I wanted somebody else to make my decision for me. 
I wanted the MD because he had done the path that I valued at that time. I still didn't know if this other side even existed or if it was all just like smoke and mirrors, right? So I wanted him to make the decision for me. And I remember the only question I ever asked him was which way should I go? Should I do allopathic medicine and then bring in the natural or should I go directly to naturopathic medical school? And um, I was so frustrated during that time because he wouldn't tell me an answer. And I was like, like literally you've done it and now you're doing this. Now just tell me which one, like if you could go back, what would you do? And he was just like, no. And I didn't understand the magnitude of the gift that he gave me in that moment. Mm. Because when I made the decision, it was freaking mine. And I gave up all other options in that moment when it was mine because it was mine and it was only mine, not because anybody else told me to. And if we as a society can understand that, right? What decisions are you making because you are looking over here to see how they're reacting? Or you're looking over here to see how they would respond if you start moving in that direction. Yeah. That's not what's true. What's true is if you had noise on all sides trying to capture your attention and you chose this path because it was so yours, you couldn't imagine being alive doing it any other way. You simply could not exist without it. And then what would our world look like with a bunch of people doing something that was so true to them that it felt as normal as breathing, that it felt like, you know, it quenched their thirst, like drinking water for the first time. And, you know, for me, I still, you know, I made that decision, but, you know, we're human and there's these moments of like, is it true? Is it real? Did, was I part of some like crazy show or, um, did I make it all up in my mind? And so then when I got to medical school, I was just like, if this is real, then I incorporate these things. And by the end of it, I'm either better, no change or worse. And so I wanted to prove it to myself, right? And we're in a world too of prove it to me. And that's not what we need to be doing. What are you doing? Right. What are you experiencing? Prove it to yourself by tasting it, touching it, feeling it, experiencing it, because that's something they can't take away. They can take away your story. They can take away the intellectual position, but they cannot take away the experience. They couldn't talk you out of it if they wanted to, because it's something that's now woven into just the nature of who you are as a human being. And I didn't know that's what I was doing at that time. I was just trying to be like, I don't trust anybody right now. So you both, everybody is going to have to prove themselves to me, right? That was kind of the chip on my shoulder of like, if you can't, if this doesn't heal me, then maybe I go back and do the other. Or maybe I just give it up altogether. And um, the truth of what I was studying and what I was incorporating um, day after day after day um, with such conviction and consistency, um, it changed my life. And through changing my life, with the amount of effort that it took to do what I did, it changed the way I looked at the world. It changed the way I looked at the human body. It changed the way I looked at um, living in this life and being part of this life as something that's so vital to it that my place could never be filled by anyone else and that the nature of everything would change if, if and when I leave. And then it became this beautiful thing of, I want to be fully in it. I don't want to be half in, half out. I don't want to be a copied version, a, a replica. I want to experience everything intensely. I want to feel more, see more, taste more, hear more. I want it through my eyes. 
I want to experience it through my senses. I don't want to be told how it should feel. And that um, drastically changed everything. And it made me fall in love with natural medicine, with nature, and then just with life. And then I finally got to a point where I realized that it was not, just like you said in the beginning, it's not these individual actions. It wasn't a specific diet that healed me. It wasn't a specific herb that healed me. It wasn't a practice, a program, a book, a meditation, but it was this divinely orchestrated dance of all of it, of every moment. And it all mattered and it was all important. And what we're doing right now in society is everything's so fragmented. It's a program, a pill, a, and what that does in the individual is you start, you, you're still latching onto these external things. The healing was out here. The healing was over here. The healing was through this. When the wisdom and the lesson underneath it all is like, those are avenues to realize that it was always you, right? These are all inputs into this quantum perfect machine that is the human body. And you actually have a say in the output, right? Just like you can put in something negative because of the capacity of the human being, we can alter that to therefore receive the medicine from it and to eliminate the poison. Or you could have a positive input coming into the physical body. You have a judgment or a belief system about it. You can change that into poison. And to know that that is your power, that is the potential that you have. It would change the game on everything. And then this would be play. This would be a curiosity. It wouldn't be a clinging and a needing and an outsourcing of your health, of your vitality, of your potential. And this is where I think we get the, our power back. I couldn't imagine a better way than every individual feeling this, knowing this without a shadow of a doubt, right? Um, that this is what I have within me and that no pill works without me. <laughs> no supplement works right. without me. Oh, that's so funny. I never even thought of it that way. Isn't that cool? Yeah, you can <laughs> yeah. No, what I tell people to do all the time that have a really hard time thinking that it wasn't the herb that healed them, right? I love herbal medicine. Yeah. Conscious compounds, they're amazing and they're for us. But at the end of the day, you still are the one that healed you. And so what I always tell people to do is put the herb on the table, sit by it, see how you feel. Not much changes. What do you have to do in order for the herb to have an action within your physical body? You have to introduce it into you. You have to introduce it into who you are. And then things that you can't even imagine, measure, name, start going to work in response to the input to therefore have an output, but it had to have you the whole time. Surgeries, prescription medication, herbal medicine, um, at any type of input, start extracting the wisdom from these things and be like, okay, if this works and this kind of made me feel better and this kind of worked and I, you know, my skin changed with this. Okay. Th that's, information what what is the truth underneath all of those because that's where you get the wisdom and that the wisdom is what changes the field right and holds the matter into a different form right and so it's learned that the whole time it was you that that it's it had to have been you right these things don't do anything just sitting on a table and 
and that changes it as well because then you you receive um the nourishment of knowing that it was me the whole time like these things were tools and there's a difference between a tool and a necessity when you use the natural world to enhance to assist to nourish as a tool but you don't need anything there's such a a, a softness to knowing that to being like you know i use these things i do these practices um, because I love them, because I want them, because they make me feel good, but I don't need any of them. The only reason they even work is because they have to go through me, my experience, my field, my perception, my physiology, my biochemistry. And, um, you know, this is such a different way to experience your world and to know that, like, it's all available to you. You don't have to go take a course to understand biochemistry for your biochemistry to work. And I love that. I think it's fascinating. And then you apply it to this world of the quantum. You don't have to study quantum physics and quantum mechanics to be able to utilize all that's available within those fields. And um, that's the beauty. That's the dance. That's the, you know, taking your power back, knowing that anything that has been studied in you is available and things that haven't even been studied are still <laughs> available. So what if we start expressing on such a different level that science has to change to describe what we're presenting? And like, that would be such a different experience than thinking that you're limited to what textbooks say is possible. And, and that's what I want for people. That's um, a life I think that we would feel more at home with because it's closer to the truth and what we're living in right now is not truth and we know it. We're not limited, we're not disposable, we're not, we know that there's so much more to all of this and, and anytime you feel disharmony, dissonance, it's because something external is not in resonance, not in coherence with something that's true within you. Right. As a society, as a world right now, <laughs> we're feeling the disturbance. We're feeling the disharmony. We're feeling the dis-ease. Yeah. And yeah. so we need to shift it on our level. Not We don't beg them to change. Right. We change us to such a, to such a way that we don't fit into what they're doing. We don't even know. We don't have any energy to give to that, to pay attention to it. It, it it doesn't capture us to any capacity because what we know to be true has our full attention. And I think that that would be such a different way, you know, to fight and to be the revolution, um, but to do it here first, to do it within each individual, within each body, right? Let's be optimal within this space. We've had a year of this badness, right? Have you gotten better here? Have you changed here for the better? Have you, has, what has this last year looked like, right? These, these are our truths. Like it's not a lack of intellect, but it is a lack of wisdom and application of the wisdom. And that's how we get out of it is not, you know, I was talking about this earlier today. Like we all are getting pretty aware that we have been you know, basically lab rats, that we're in a massive experiment and we're all caged to some degree, psychologically, even physically, right? And it's never been more apparent than now. Mm -hmm. So now that we know this, 
we have to go back and say, okay, what's the best way? Do you stay within the cage and go learn more about your captors, about the experimenters, about the scientists doing this to you and try to understand their psychology and why they're doing it and what they're going to do next and how they made the cage and how they got you in the cage. And is that a useful like practice? Is that a good use of our energy, our intellect, our capacity as human beings? And my argument is no. At the point you realize you're in the cage, you need to be spending every bit of your energy saying, how do I get the door to open? And then what do I need to do to be equipped to have what I'm asking for, which is freedom? What does it look like on the other side? Okay. And what could get me to stay in the cage, even with the door open, the convenience of the perception that there's always going to be food and water at the same time every day, the comfort of the little nest that they let me sleep in every single night, the temperature of the room that's holding my cage, the fact that my family's going to stay in their cage. At what point would you sell your freedom for the perceived convenience of being in the cage? And so that's how this is another level of this human healing, the healing of um, humanity. Getting back to what's real and what's true is there are parts of our capture that we've, you know, kind of been taken over with the convenience of it. And this perceived notion of, you know, that it's nice here and that at least it's cozy and who knows what's going to happen on the outside. It's like, well, we're still choosing to stay in it. And even if you're reading and like, what are we doing? How do we get out of it? What would it require to be free um, in medicine, in society, as, you know, sovereign souls, as human beings? Mm -hmm. What would it look like to be free of all of these structures? What what would we have to do to exist in a world like that? Because I think it's fun to talk about it, but then if it started creeping into our reality, because we, you know, we're pulling it into our reality, it's like, okay, now <laughs> when the food isn't dispensed at the same time every day, what do you do? Do you remember how to grow your food? Do you know, do you have a service that you can, you know, share with somebody, and, you know, have the alternative of them giving something that they've grown to you? Like what, how, how like we need to get it more on this other side of not how did we end up here what's the cage made out of what are the scientists doing why would they be doing it what's their plan like no like the minute that, that we realize we're in a cage let's open the figure out one let's get the doors open and then number two what would keep us captivated enough to be like actually i'm going to go back in for just another week or another month or you know, we've got to start being brutally honest with ourselves. And that's the only way that we heal. And that's kind of the level that I work on with human beings is just like the humanity, the nature that what is natural and what is true is our way out. And it's not something that you have to buy. It's something that we have to remember and then own to such a degree that it, it changes things. Well, I think the problem is, and when this first hit, the first thing is like, oh, God, here we go again, some yeah. other ridiculous pandemic. So the first thing that struck me is that people don't know how to take care of themselves. They really don't. They were afraid for their lives. People are walking around. It's like, dude, it's like, just let, let's just, let, let, let's talk. Like, let's, 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 I'm just going to keep doing what I always do. Yeah. And, you know, until I learned, you know, a lot more truths that came out of all of this. 
Uh, but you know, just do what you do. Like if you like, you should know some basics, but second, what I, what now I think is the big problem is you're so congruent and you're so aligned and you know what you stand for. I know what I stand for, but people don't know what they stand for. They don't know. They don't, they don't stand for anything. So there's nowhere that's like, they haven't discovered themselves. It's like, Oh, they say this. Oh, they, they, they're just wishy washy all of a sudden. They, they don't, there's nothing, they don't stand for anything. And that's the one that is like, for me, it's like, you're a parent, like it's your responsibility to do whatever you can to protect your children. If if people don't see right now that we've got abuse of our elders and abuse of our children going on right now, then I I don't know, like it's the brainwashing, but people don't know what they stand for. Yeah. Well, and that's such a big statement um, because in order to know what you stand for, you have to know who you are, right? In order to know who you are, know um, everything that shapes how you see the world and how you experience it you have to take ownership for that Um, and what I've noticed with people who are doing the work and who are trying their hardest to grow and evolve and change during this time is that to some degree we all are still struggling to know ourselves and that I one of the questions that I often ask people is like what do you want if you could have anything, what do you want? And it became heartbreaking for me, um, but it was a revelation. The only reason I know to ask some of these questions is again, because I studied myself and I've asked myself at the very beginning of this whole thing of like, what do you want? And I couldn't answer that in the beginning of my journey. I didn't know myself enough to know what I wanted. Not just like, do you want chocolate or vanilla? I mean, that's a way to start, but like, what do you want? What do you want out of this one life that you get here? What does your soul, heart, being want? And when we can't even answer these questions, um, it, it shows us more about how separated we've, we've been, right? And we come into a world as perfect beings and, and then we you know, drink this cup of amnesia and then society comes in to reprogram us in a way that suits society. Um, and so part of our journey is back to ourself and, um, to know the ins and outs of who you are. And so part of my medicine too, is this, it's the remembering of yourself. It's the remembering of who you are and knowing what you want and knowing what you desire and knowing what you love and knowing the things that are worth living for. Because the one thing I started realizing too is when it comes to healing and there's many facets to this, but um, one of the biggest things was is we often ask our physical bodies to heal. And our, we're only here because of these physical bodies and these physical bodies love us unconditionally. The most beautiful love you could ever imagine is demonstrated in every moment of every single day from your body to you. No matter what you do to it, no matter what you say to it, no matter how you judge it, no matter what kind of poison you put into it, no matter how many times you cut it, hurt it, pinch it, whatever, it's unconditional answer to you is I will heal you. 
and I will fix this and I will recover and I will detox that and I will you know, bring scar tissue together to, to close that wound and I will hold you and I will keep you well every single day. And we look in the mirror and we judge it and we say it's ugly or it's, you know, compensating in a way that we don't agree with if they're, you know, we have all of these judgments, but if you actually understood the unconditional nature of your, your physical body, it would change your experience. Um, and then when you received that, then all of this other would change and your perspective would change. And um, when I see patients, I often try to find the conflicts within um, their mind, their actions and their experience, right? And if you have a belief system that's in direct opposition to what you're wanting, we got a problem. And so you gotta identify which part has more pool. And so if you're wanting to heal, one of the biggest conflicts I have found within people, which is very consistent, is they're demanding that their physical body heals so that it keeps them here in this physical plane. At the same time, they have a program and a belief system and a perspective that they hate it here. There's nothing beautiful here that they love. There's nothing worth being here. A lot of people will say my children, but even that comes with this like, you know, there's a little bit of a burden and a heaviness and you know, even that isn't just the spring of like, I am in complete rapture being here. I love it. I want to be here. And so when you're demanding that your physical body heal, but the program you're running in the back is I hate it here. We've got a big conflict. Massive. And, and when a human being hasn't even healed their acne, hasn't been able to lose weight, hasn't been able to get rid of joint pain. And then we throw them into a pandemic and say, trust yourself and trust your body, trust nature. There's such a disconnect. They weren't even able to do it without the scariest thing that they've experienced, regardless of if it's true or not. And so we have to, that's why this level of working on yourself is essential to humanity. It's essential to the planet. It's essential to everything. If we're going to move forward out of this in any type of positive, beautiful way, we have to handle what's close in. And we have to identify those areas within us where we're asking, demanding something. And our belief, our perspective, our actions are in direct opposition to that thing. So it's just a stalemate. And we say, ah, oh, it doesn't work. Oh, I can't do right. it. Everyone else is powerful except for me. That's not true. You just haven't asked the right questions. You haven't identified what in you is in direct opposition with what you're asking for. Right. And, you know, these are the levels that we have to get to. And again, you know, with all things, I always take it back to the individual. Because if we outsource our problems, we outsource our power. And we always have to bring it back in. What is your relationship with your body first and foremost? How is that marriage? Is it healthy? Is it vibrant? Are you communicating? Are you listening? Are you healing? Are you on the same team? Then how's your relationship? How's your family? What's that like? Are you letting people within your circle be free and vibrant and individuals? Then got that. How's our communities? Are we supporting? Are we loving? Are our doors wide open? Are we doing everything we can to have a healthy, thriving community? Okay, now let's go statewide. How's then again this ripple? Then we get to a point where it didn't matter what the system, the 1%, the structures wanted. We changed to such a degree that that no longer fits us. And to know that the whole time we have the power 
we say that, but we, if you believed it, you would be changing things to such a degree that it would push it out. We're sitting here saying we're the 99 against the 1%, then why are we still fighting it? There's no fight in this world that would do 99% against one that anyone would even like the odds in Vegas, it would just be completely <laughs> ridiculous, right? But we're saying these things, but you don't believe it. Right. And yeah. you don't believe it because you haven't even experienced something on your own and you haven't experienced it on your own because you haven't been relentlessly consistent with any truth. You've talked yourself out of it. You've given up too soon. It started getting ugly, nasty, stinky, and you've said that it wasn't healing. Which one was true? Can I ask you, so I'm going to ask you a real life question about what you would, with this one person that I've come into contact in the last I did some work with her just over the weekend. I just, she's just came into my circle. She's rec- she was uh, referred to me from somebody and I did mm-hmm. some nutrition stuff for her. And she's, so she's endometrial cancer, had massive hysterectomy, huge trauma from birth in her life, all in the parenting cycles from traumatic loss of her son, traumatic, you know, her, she's just like just trauma in that mother child relationship the entire time. To me, when I go and look it up through my, my husband does coaching and he works with people's stuff in their bodies and their minds and blah, 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 and their traumas. And so one of the things that I looked up is endometrial cancer. Cancer has a lot of issues with the child relationship and loss and separation, which the first thing when I looked at her form, traumatic loss of her son. So it's like, there's no mistake why that cancer ended up there. But now, but she's had wellness centers. She's had, she's lived a life of, and so there's a lot of shame because she's lived the life of health, but she's in the state now. And there's so much anger and shame. What do you say to someone like that to help them through that? Cause now she feels like she's really at the precipice of life and death and has to make some really hard decisions and choose between the Western paradigm or the, the alternative paradigm and the, the, you know, the allopathic paradigm and, and there's a lot of emotion there, a lot of emotion. So what would you say to somebody like that? Yeah, so there's a lot of things. So right off the bat, I would say there's so much internal conflict. If you are stuck between two options, if you're still looking towards one and looking towards the other, then it's that there's, you haven't found what's true in you or else you would know that the one that you chose is the one that you need. And, and that's not to say that I'm, you know, of course I'm going to gravitate more towards the natural approach for the human body, but I still think that the human being is powerful enough that the, the medicine that is right for you is the medicine you believe in every single day, every single time. And again, we go back to, she might not believe in any of it. Why? Because she doesn't believe in herself. It's never, you know, when people don't trust the way I do something, they don't trust. It's not because what I'm saying is not true. I've experienced it. I know it's true and I know it's repeatable. I've seen it with other patients. What I know in that moment is they don't know how to trust themselves. And it's not shocking. Why? That's how we've been brought up. You download information, you repeat information. You are never allowed to be creative you're never able to just listen to your intuition. You know, we're, we're pushed away from that part of being human. Well, her whole existence 
was denied from her birth, from birth, which is a secret. Like imagine that imprint on her psyche and on her being. Yeah, and so the other thing we have to do is honor the beauty of emotions, right? There is no emotion that is wrong. We put things in containers of good and bad. Every emotion is how your physical body communicates directly to you. Again, do we understand the language of our body, the language of our emotions? Often not, right? We've also layered exactly what you're saying, shame and all of these other things on our perception of why we are feeling what we're feeling. And so what I've found with traumas, because we all experience traumas, um, some people, the amount of trauma that they've experienced in a lifetime just um, breaks your heart. But what I have found is there are still people with the most traumatic history that heal. So again, the wisdom we can take from that is how, what did they do? How do they perceive mm-hmm. the world? And those individuals go back. And what we do is we go back and look at those traumas. You don't try to forget the trauma. You don't try to act like the trauma didn't happen, but you go back to the trauma and you understand the program the truth that you wrote into your reality based off of the trauma and your capacity to understand it at that time. And what you write into your psyche, your neurology, is what you carry forward. It's not the trauma. It's how you start perceiving the world because of the trauma and what you start experiencing in your reality because that's what you've written. That's the value that you put on that experience at that time. And often we never go back and revisit it and we're like, is it true? Is it true that all of these things, right? We, we come up with different stories, different versions, different truths because of our experiences of the trauma. And what I find a lot of us try to do is we try to act like the trauma didn't happen. Talk it out, express it out, all of these practices that are beautiful. But we need to go back and rewrite what we've written into our hearts, souls, and minds and neurology because of it. Transform it on that level. And then you let that it becomes a memory. You keep the memory because that memory is something of value. There's nothing that happened to us, right? Everything happens for us. And so if you can allow that trauma to become a memory that gave you some sort of medicine, extract the medicine, take away the poison, let that pass. However, you need to let it pass or be expressed and write within you the wisdom that came from the experience. And often, you know, unfortunately, when we experience a trauma, we don't have the capacity to experience, you know, this is the medicine in this moment. That we're, we don't, most of us, it's impossible. We're human beings. So what we have to do is when you realize traumas have impacted and shaped the way you perceive your reality, then you got to go back to that level and say, was it true what I believed because of this? Not, is it true that it happened? It did happen. And you don't want to erase it, but you do want to find what is good and what is true and what is for you. And then you need to loosen your your grasp on the rest. And that changes how you then move throughout your world. You're no longer running a program based off of a trauma. You're upgrading in every moment because you've extracted the wisdom from it. You extracted the medicine, you know, even in the loss of a child, we never want to act like that doesn't hurt and that doesn't impact the the human being to such a degree that, you know, we probably couldn't even measure, but how can you turn that into something beautiful? We have the capacity to do that. 
but it's a choosing and it's a, you know, a deliberate going back and saying, is it true the, the belief system that I constructed because of this? Does that serve me? What if it wasn't true? What might be true? And how might I make something more beautiful out of that truth? And then it starts just unwinding itself. It's no longer this forcing. It's no longer looking at the emotions as if there's something that's wrong, right? Just like every symptom, there's a beautiful purpose to it if we had the capacity to understand what the body was saying. Same thing with the emotions. If we had the capacity to understand what they were saying, we would never suppress. We would never stop. We would never question that anything about them is wrong, but we would start being like, okay, this feeling that I call anger, I'm going to express it. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to see what it has to say about what's in my surroundings, what's in my experience right now. And what is there to see, learn, feel, know in this moment. And then, you know, you start seeing everything as something that benefits you. Everything as something that speaks to you if you have the capacity to listen to it. And every emotion is powerful. Every experience of your life um, is powerful. And, you know, I've had a lot of mothers who have lost children and that hurt is something that we can't even put words to, but what they have done with that is they have alchemized it into something so beautiful that you couldn't have created that without that trauma. And I think if yeah. as humans, we could go back and not let it eat at us, not let it create a cancer right within us, let it create something so beautiful that you wouldn't have ever had the capacity to do so without that hurt, right? Some of the most beautiful poetry, some of the most beautiful songs are written in moments of such despair. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think it's because we can't not feel in those moments. We are being forced to feel on such a deep level. And when you're able to feel the hurt, the pain, the sadness, all of the emotions we call ugly in their most intense capacity the truth is is that you open your heart again to the other side of that which is a love a hope a joy of a magnitude you couldn't have ever experienced because what we like to do is we like to shut off to the things that hurt us and we think that we can therefore on the other side open up to the things that we love gratitude joy hope bliss but that's not how this works being human means all of it it means if you're going to feel, you're going to feel and the magnitude to which you let yourself feel is going to be on both sides of the spectrum. It's going to hurt when you hurt. You're going to be sad when you're sad and you are going to be completely enraptured by bliss and joy and beauty and gratitude on the other side of it, because that's just what it is to be human, to feel. Let's feel more. Let's experience more. Let's, you know, do the best we can with what we have and extract the medicine and create poetry from any poison that has happened in our life. Um, and we have the capacity to do that. And so for her too is, you know, life isn't a, a pretty place. It's not a beautiful place. It's not a place that's been kind to her. No. Why would you want your body? The only reason that you're again here to fight, to stay in a world as ugly as what she's experienced, as heartbreaking as what she's experienced. Mm -hmm. There's something to that, that again, you can't move past that number one conflict at the core. What are you in love with? You know, what lights your soul up? What reminds you that it, 
this is a beautiful place to be, to experience, to feel. Um, and, you know, you have to start working gently on that level before any of the other even lands or has an impact, you know, from my perspective. And what do you say to someone so that emotion, so for example, anger, I've been mad for about a year. Like as soon as this hit, I was like, fuck off, like get <laughs> out of my life, right? You have no authority over me, like get lost. And I've just been so, but it, I started this podcast and I relaunched a program I called your conscious pregnancy and parenting guide, where I interview amazing people all around anything that really shapes who we are as people on this planet from preconception beyond. Yes. But I still drop back into that anchor. So I'm just like, I'm done. I'm done. Let's just get on and like live. Like, who are you to say what I can and cannot do? You know, I'm so, but that anger. So what do you say to people that are done? Like what my husband also does is helps people move through their emotions, right? Cause it's important to feel, but it's also important to release and not hold on to that. when those stuck emotions make you sick or the repression of those emotions. So what do you say to somebody who's stuck in that emotion and can't seem to move it through them? Yeah. You know, I would go to that level of, first of all, there's two sides of this. One is why would you not want to release it? You know, again, I always will give the power back to the person. Why, what change in you, if you released it, would you not have the fuel of the anger, the adrenaline rush, the, you know, what part of you is getting some benefit from keeping that hormone, that, you know, chemical creation peptide concoction within you circulating. Because again, it's never, we are not in control. It's always that we are in control, but sometimes we're not aware of what we're in control of. And so I always, you know, ask both sides of why would you want to keep it? How is it serving you? Um, And then, you know, the other side of it too is, you know, when individuals recirculate an emotion and it's chronic, right? And not a balance, like, you know, being human is like, there are so many emotions you experience. Most of them don't even have names, right? And we can Mm -hmm. feel them all on one day and some days we're more of one and that's human. That's, you're not just high all the time. You're not just low all the time either. And so when you've got one in circulation, that's just there. There's so much to look at. There's so much to like, what are you keeping in your environment that's like continuing to give the input that has the output of anger? Or is there something within you that is changing no matter the input into an expression of anger? Why, right? What within you wants to be angry? And then can you let yourself be fully angry? Can you go break plates, throw a tantrum, express it, scream, get it out, mobilize it. And the kicker is without judgment, Mm -hmm. right? Because what I've noticed too, is a lot of people eliminate, you know, in the toilet, they eliminate um, through sweating, they eliminate through all of these other ways. And we don't judge what comes out in the toilet. Most often we look at it like, thank goodness that's out of my body. (laughs) When it comes to emotions, however, we judge it. We judge if it is not beautiful, if it's not pretty, if it's not polite, if it's not put together, why? It's an expression of the human body. It's an expression of being alive. Why judge what comes out as an elimination? And I want to add to that because another thing with this one woman again is, is, is she's come from 
the self-help world, the natural health world, but it's all about being positive all the time. Right. And you, you're supposed to be positive. And I think this positivity is quite toxic because it's false. And I think that's really something that's at all. And she knows that too. She's like, people think I should be positive. It's like, well, she has a lot to be sad for and, you know, mad for and all sorts of stuff. And that's the thing It's this I just, so what do you think about this idea of think, po- thinking positively and that whole thing? And, you know, I can understand you want to have a po- positive outlook, but you're not always going to feel that way in the no. moment. Right. Um, so I think, again, we have misconceived a lot of the truths around these things. Um, because when it comes to, if you believe in it, that's one thing. But if it's counterfeit in any way, you're going to call mm. bullshit on it. And then you might as well be negative and you know look for all the ugly in the world, right? Um, but the truth of the matter is that you impact your experience and you can't not. Um, and so what I would say, there's a couple of things to talk about here is one, like, don't break your own trust. Don't Ooh, be I like that. Mm. Because if you're sitting there, like I'm abundant, I am this, I am this. And your heart and soul is like bullshit, bullshit. No, you're not wasting our time then what you're going to receive is what you feel not what you're saying not what your mind is doing Mm -hmm. what you're feeling so what you have to do is you got to go in there and rewrite how you feel how you experience your world and then in this quantum world you have to realize that you are a participant in what you're experiencing in the world that you are actively participating in every experience that you experience that is true that is scientifically provable right just by observing something you change the nature of what you're observing down to a photon level they've proven it okay if we want to talk about proof so but you don't get there through the mind right everyone tries to do these things through affirmations through the mind like they're helpful maybe if you believe them if any part of you calls bullshit it's never going to work and if anything it's going to break your trust over and over again to where you have no self-respect that anything you choose to do, you're not going to, you've lied to yourself too many times. And often that's what we see in people that have gone to so many people. They're so fragmented and they don't trust themselves enough to do anything. So not, those are the people that often say nothing works. None of it works. Yeah. Right? And, and that's not true. <laughs> um, and so you have to go back and rewrite the things that are destroying what's true in your world because if there's a negative the positive is just as true and you're getting to pick in a million different choices every single day what your reality is and that's the truth and so you have to take ownership you have to not look to somebody else to fix you you have to look not look to somebody else to you know prove to you who you are that's why we look to research. That's why we looked, we want somebody else to tell us something that's true within us. And the truth is, is that the power that you get is when you realize the truth in you, you can use all of these other avenues, you know, you know, different practitioners, different practices, but your goal should not be, you know, to download what these other people are saying, but it's to maybe find a reflection of something that's true in you. Maybe to catch the scent of something that you know. 
maybe to feel something that is familiar to you, not because you've been taught it, not because you've been trained in it, but because it is so natural in you, because it's so near to who you are that you can't unfeel it. And so, you know, these things of every single day, we also need to know where we break our own heart, where we break our own trust and where we change how we perceive the world based off of just, again, that relationship with ourselves. of, you know, cause we know every single day what we do. And most of us can't even trust ourselves. How in the world would we trust anything outside of us enough to implement it every day with such consistency that you would change your life or with a belief so intense that you would change your life? You don't even trust you. How do you break your trust every single day? And then on the other side of that, how do you go and start remembering that you can trust you and that you should trust you? And maybe right now you're the only one that you should trust. And get that so solid that you can therefore move through life in such a way that you trust you. So you know something when it's true. You know something when it's untrue. You know something that's being sold to you. You know something that's, you know, a mirage and smoke and mirrors. And you no longer have to look towards any of these other things because you trust you, you know you. And, you know, I think, again, it's always going to go back to that because you can't fabricate an emotion. You can't fabricate anything it's got to be so true and in order for it to be true you've got to not break your own trust in all of these moments that aren't presented to the world like what are you doing behind the scenes every single day what are the thoughts that you continue to think every single day what are the things that you continue to do that you know are not good for you but you do them every single day it's not that you're not doing justice to the program to the pill to the whatever is that you're breaking your trust in all of these micro moments. And when you don't have the self-esteem and you don't have the self-trust, there's nothing that can touch you. Because you're just, you're, your heart's broken, your will, your um, everything that is required to heal is so severed and fragmented from your experience that trying to latch on to anything will be nearly impossible because the person that has to carry it out you don't think has the capacity to even make a good decision on a Tuesday night, right? And so we have to know that this is what's true. We've got to go look at what's true and work on the level of what's true and then move out to something more that we can handle and more that, you know, we can't go chase down the mountains when we've got enough right here that we could manage and we could optimize and we could, you know, more than anything, fall in love with the person in the mirror. Fall in love with the body that you're in. Mm-hmm. If you did that, things would change in such a drastic way. You wouldn't have to force anything. This flow, right, would just be something that you had complete trust in. You would trust yourself to express anger in your full capacity. You would trust yourself to express your frustration in however it came out. You would trust yourself enough to let yourself be fully joyful and however you wanted to express in your physical body. And that relationship, again, is the one that's, that's so disconnected, um, that's been so damaged by everything in society. Everything has, has come to attack that relationship because they know, they've known from the beginning that if that is severed, yeah. none of the other will ever take hold. Yeah. It can't. 
Yeah. We're fragmented down to the individual. We're fragmented down to the self, right? They work hard on that. They work very hard on that and people fall for it, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, it's, it's definitely not set up in our favor, but again, you know, the power is within us and we have it all right with us at all times. You know, not anything you need to go buy, not anything you need to purchase. You're sitting with all that you need. You've got to change your mind about it. You've got to see things in a different way. You've got to be open to truth at the expense of everything that's convenient to you, right? When you're on that level, it's like, okay, it doesn't feel comfortable here, right? I know you probably felt that too when you're coming into truths, these big time truths of, you know, I thought the world I lived in looked and worked and felt like this and I was deceived and that sucks, right? And that uh, doesn't yeah. feel good. It's worse than I thought. <laughs> I knew a lot already. I've been studying this stuff for 30 years now, but man, this past year has opened my eyes to some other deeper, uglier truths and it's, uh, but you can't deny them. We have to be open to them. We have to be willing to go down that truth. And yeah, I've changed the way I think about things because I have new information in front of me. And that's the problem that I don't understand is people sort of, they don't want to see it because it's too, I don't know, it challenges their whole identity, I think. I, I don't know what it is. I, just, I, I, I don't live that way. So it's hard for me to understand. It's hard for me to empathize with that. Yeah, I think, again, it, it comes down to that safety and that comfort, right? Um, when you give up these paradigms, when you give up these structures that have been all that you know, um, it's a very scary place to be, especially if you if your relationship with yourself isn't strong mm-hmm. uh, and you believe more in your lack than your potential. It's a hard place to give up those things that are seemingly safe for you. You know, I, right. I liken this to like imagine your parents drove you around always your whole life, even as an adult. Um, you read a book about driving, you knew all of the rules and the laws about driving, um, but you never had to drive because your parents just always drove and it was convenient and it worked. And then one day, you know, a natural disaster hits and your parents aren't home. Would you trust yourself enough to get in the car and drive in treacherous terrain, even if you knew like a monsoon or whatever was coming and you needed to get out of your house? The individual would probably be so paralyzed, even though they read a book about driving, they'd been in a car multiple times, they never had to drive because of the structure that was in place and there was safety and convenience within that structure. And so, you know, I think we have to again see humanity within humans, see how we've been manipulated and have um, an understanding on their level of they've not experienced anything that's empowering to themselves and you know to be in this time right again like if you've never experienced even naturally reversing type 2 diabetes or losing weight or you know reversing your acne and now you're thrown into a pandemic or what you think is a pandemic the scariest thing you've ever experienced now you would trust your body now you would trust the natural world. That's why this is working is it's been set up to such a degree that, you know, you, these individuals, they're so far away from it. Even if they wanted to, they've never experienced it. And that's why, you know, we'll bring it back to the experience always. That's where you get your power. There's no convincing here. Right. 
because people have to experience it or else the fear is too overwhelming. I mean, there are probably some individuals who just make massive moves, you know, despite the fear and despite the loss of convenience and everything that's familiar to them. Um, but for the most part, most human beings, um, that's not a world that, that they, they would rather, you know, unfortunately stay in the cage with the conveniences there than brave the world outside of it because of the unknown. And, you know, I think there's a moment to bring this into this time too. Um, is for all of us, this idea of control is often what makes us mad during this time. It's what makes us feel hopeless. It, we want to control the world we live in. And, you know, one of the biggest truths that I think that we could say about this time is like that perception that you even have an idea of what is coming tomorrow is completely false. Mm -hmm. Just because you replicate your day from yesterday and try to overlay it on tomorrow because you've got a planner, a calendar, a schedule, makes you have this false sense that you're in control of anything. You know, you're on autopilot, but that's not true. You have no idea what's coming tomorrow. Nobody does. And so if we could get to the truth of the truth of the truth is we all have a little bit of that control in us, right? That's what makes us mad when we're not in control. It's what makes us, you know, sad and overwhelmed. And it's also what makes us susceptible to buying something they have to offer, right? Mm -hmm. If we can't control it, maybe they can. And so if we could get into the truth of there is no control, <laughs> you know, the only thing available to you is right now, is being fully here right now. And if you latch on to the comfort that you know what's coming tomorrow and therefore you can control your environment, your existence to make it something that's familiar to you, you know, it's not true. And we need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. We need yeah. to realize that we have the power, we have the capacity to adapt in such a way that if something comes up on us tomorrow, we can handle it. We have all that we need. You're not going to go read a book in that moment. You're probably not even going to remember, you know, that part of your neurology is not really going to kick in. But even if you read it yesterday, um, you know, this natural, innate, primal, wild part of you will kick in and know exactly what to do. You know, like mothers that, you know, their kids are in an accident, have superhuman power, know exactly what to do. And then you ask them how they did what they did. And they have no, they've never trained. They've never mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. That's the level that you could operate on. It is a misconception. It's not a truth to think that you can read, study, accumulate all of this information and maybe know something that could therefore control your experience of tomorrow. And if we could operate in that world of the unknown, not only would you start finding peace, but you would also start having access to your full potential because your potential is not in tomorrow. It's also not in yesterday. Right. It's right here, right now. We talk yeah. about that all the time, but we don't access it because then what? We've got planners. We've got schedules. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have lunch tomorrow, we think. We kind of know that we'll be getting groceries, you know, on this day, we think. It's fun to think, but that's just pure imagination. Right. It's not true. Because the fact of the matter is, is like you and I don't know if either one of us has tomorrow. That's more true than acting like we do. Right. And, um, you know, part of this whole time too, if you get down again to the, the root of everything is they've got us because of fear, 
Fear of what, ultimately? Death. The only thing in this existence that is certain is that we will all leave, is the irony of it. Mm -hmm. And, but they're using our fear of the unknown, which is the only truth there is. We don't know anything. You don't know what's coming in five minutes. We don't know what's coming in an hour. We like to act like we do, but they use our fear of the unknown, of the ultimate death to manipulate everything moving forward. Yeah. And so we have to get back to these levels and know that we're not so different from everybody else. We're expressing in different ways, but we're all kind of still doing the same things just with a different flavor, maybe getting closer to truths here and there. But, you know, we're all as humanity, right? Again, there's no hierarchy to this. It's all of us all at once. We're this one beautiful cosmic song. And every note is necessary, every note is needed, but every note should be completely unique for it to be what it could be. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if we could start falling in love with the potential, start falling in love with the unknown, you know, the mystery, the spontaneity of every moment, how much do we miss in this life? Because we're expecting it to be like it was yesterday. How much do you miss with the people in your circle because you're expecting that they're the same human that they were yesterday? They're not. They couldn't be. I'm not the same person I was yesterday. I'm not the same person I was at the beginning of this talk and neither are you. We've changed each other by interacting. Mm -hmm. We've changed each other by experiencing each other. And to know that that's more true than anything that we've been taught could open us up to something that might be so much more beautiful to experience than this perceived notion that anything written in my schedule is actually going to happen or, you know, that the bad worst case scenario is any more likely than the absolute best that we haven't even given any attention to. No attention to, right? Like none. Yeah. Um, Know that you shape your reality. I shape all of us together are shaping the reality that we call this moment right now. Everything we're experiencing, we're contributing life force to letting it play out. Might it be worth our time to start painting and singing for an alternative version to imagine something that we haven't even given any time to, to start, you know, playing in this world of what if this and this and yes. this, what is prepared. we never even had to make the moment that we were planning for because it dissolved before we got there. What if, because that's just as true as thinking everything that we've read is one, even true and two, even going to play out, right? Because if we have control and we have a say and we're the 99, we're painting for the wrong team. We're, we're playing our note for the wrong composer. Mm-hmm. Let's shift it over. Give it a shot. Why not? What do we have to lose? You know, and that's where I'm at at this time. I no longer care what they want me to think, what they want me to do, what they want me to think that the plan is, because any plan is absolute bullshit. And the only reason for a plan that a plan would play out is if we continue to read and do and act and energize and fuel the plan. How do you get out of the plan? You rewrite your own. You lose eye contact with that which is not for you, that which is not for humanity, that which is not for 
that which is good and light and pure and available to us right now happening in every moment, but we're not here enough to access it. We're not here enough to let it go through us, to grow through us, to actualize it, right? If you can change things by the observation, you can change things by the intention. That's why we have to control for, you know, the placebo effect. You can control the output of your physical body, your physiology. You can control the output of a machine through like observation and intention. They even did research studies with um, baby ducks, right? And the baby ducks could change the probability of a, what they, you know, had these little ducks think as to be their mother. It was just a machine, though. Mm-hmm. They actually could control the probability of its movement through little cute baby duck intention. <laughs> and if you think that they could do that, what could we do if we were actually using what we have the capacity to do? Mm-hmm. And what, what, like, what if we started doing that? What if we let that ripple out? What if we put every bit of our energy, not only would it feel good to invest in it, it would have a return and a ripple and this beautiful dance to it where it gave us life while we were giving life, right? It's this bi-directional communication and it, it could just change the game and you wouldn't even have, it would be one of those like a phase shift, right? The phase shift, you don't plan it out. <laughs> it happens yeah. and it happens to such a magnitude that you, you don't even have the language to say how it happened. It's just one of those things like this happened and this happened. And by the time I got to the airport, this happened. And, you know, by the time I got here, this happened and like synchronicities and, you know, good luck and mm-hmm. all here, all right now, you're not paying attention to it. You're not available to it. Um, and if we could, everything changes. And, you know, I just hope that just give moments of your day, even if it's just five minutes here, five minutes there. Um, the sweetest thing um, happened the other day. I have a sister and she's got a little boy and he says prayers every night. And she just like sent me after I FaceTimed him and told him good night. And it was his bath time. And she sent a text and just, you know, we miss you. And just want you to know that he prays for you every night. And it's like these things of like, I didn't know that he prays for me every night. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of that, and to know that, you know, they've even done resource studies on prayer and intention for people yeah. remotely and the impact that that has on communities, on populations, on individuals, and how much, how many of these things are happening? How many times, like, does a friend, um, ex, a lover, a random person look at you and send you love and send you healing and, or a little child praying for the world or a little child praying especially for you? Like, what are, all, what are we missing? How many beautiful things, you know, nuns in a church praying constantly, you know, yoga classes, covering the world in light. Um, like, how many things do we not even know are happening for us, in our favor, for the beautiful, but we're over here reading stuff that is purposely put out to capture your attention, to capture your intrigue, to feed fear, to feed this other narrative that you're saying that you want to get out of. And I'm saying, what if we pay attention to this other? 
what if we let that soak into our souls and also to knowing that, you know, we're all so essential to this time. We have chosen it. It has chosen us. There's beauty here. It's all perfect. And, you know, there's nothing that you could do that would make you not essential, not important and not part of this whole thing. And, um, you know, it's just, that's the world I would rather live in because the other one just um, stole life from me, stole mm -hmm. electricity, stole vitality. And, you know, I think we've all struggled with times of depression and times of, you know, heartbreak. And in those moments, it's like, you know, I can't, I won't do that anymore. If I'm going to be here, it's going to have to be this way or else I'm not going to do it. And, you know, that's what I chose with medicine. That's what I tried to do in these millions of billions of opportunities to make a choice every single day. Just choose your way out of every, you're one little choice away from a different feeling. And it's not to negate the fact that you're feeling it, but like, no, let me, instead of thinking about how the world is just crashing and burning right now, let me think of a little boy before he's going to bed with his mother wanting to say a prayer for me. Mm. Mm -hmm. That feels good. Yeah. And then what if, you know, and then add on and add on and every single moment it's, it's us, it's our choosing and our power is within our choices and within our capacity to choose and choose again. And if you choose quote unquote wrong, it's fine. Choose again and then choose again and then choose again and choose again. And then the dance of that is part of being here too. It's like we came here to be physical bodies, to be in a physical experience, to taste, touch, feel every emotion, you know, the, <laughs> the extremes on both sides. And, you know, to taste the food, to drink the drinks, to feel, you know, the touch of another human being, to hear the bird songs, to play the music. Are we doing that? That's worth our time. That's worth our focus. That's, that's being human. This other is pushing us into mechanical consumption devices that play out what's being fed into us. We're programmable. We need to know that. But we're also divine on the other side. And so if we can start using, you know, how we've been studied to our advantage, I think it would just drastically change our experience. It would drastically change our relationships, our families, our communities, and then ultimately the world um, because it would be going after something that's true. Um, and so those are the things where, you know, I always try to get there because just like you're saying, we have good days and we have bad days and we've got heavy emotions and we've got beautiful emotions. And to also take the, your grasp off of, you know, the forcing of that you have to be one thing every single day and that you have to be that same person the next day. And then you got to do it again and do it again. Like what if every single day we gave ourselves the freedom, right? We want freedom in this world. Do you give yourself the freedom to be whoever you are today, today, and to completely rewrite yourself tomorrow? Do you give yourself, do you grant yourself that freedom? Do you grant that freedom to those closest to you? Let's start. Yeah, giving, that's let's a big start. one too. Do you grant that range of those closest to you as well? That's yeah. And just, so as we're, we're going into like I want to yes. finish up soon because we're going in almost an hour and a half here. So how much of what you're talking now, so you're not the normal naturopath, right? 
we've got functional medicine doctors and naturopaths and integrative specialists and all this stuff. And they're testing, testing, testing. They're doing all this other stuff, but they're not talking a lot about this that I know of. I'm sure there are. So how much of what you do within your own practice is this, what we've been talking about for the last hour and a half? And how much of it is testing? And do you weigh into the testing? How much of it is all the physical changes? Like where, where's that balance? Yes, it's a dance between both worlds um, because what I have found is that it's so easy to change lab results. I love using lab results because when you're dealing with an intellectual human, you've got to fight intellect with intellect to make change. Mm -hmm. So I like using the tools available in modern medicine. Notice I say that they're tools. Labs are a snapshot in time. They don't define you, but they tell me something about you from that moment. So I use labs, I use all of these other things, I use the intake process, I ask questions, I do the interview, um, and we work on the physical body, primarily. But at the same time, we can't act like these other things don't impact it. If I don't catch the fact that you don't want to be here, we're going to work for 10 years on changing your physiology, it's, you're never going to get out. So we got to catch what's true. I've got to look at those neurological programs written in you that you might not know that you're playing out through language, through how you use words, through, you know, these conflicts. We've got to identify those things because what I have come to learn is the medicine is beautiful and it works, but the way even natural medicine works, herbal medicine, is we manipulate physiology through inputs, through manipulating biochemistry. And you take all these supplements and so the physiology will hold. How do we get an individual to start removing some of those inputs and the outcome that they desired still holds. Yeah. The level of that is the level of the field. Because if we've done it properly, if we have changed your life in a way to such a degree that nothing about you, nothing about your world, nothing about your home, nothing about your relationships looks anything like what it did in the beginning then we can start removing some of those inputs that held physiology and the results hold and you just move forward and you're an optimal human being that gets to live life. But what a lot of people do is they rely heavily on the inputs and they never learn anything that can keep you to not have to take all of these supplements for the rest of your life. And so that's where this other weaves into this process is we've got to understand your mind. We've got to understand the programs that you are running in the background that are shaping your experience of the world you live in. Because it doesn't matter how I see it. It matters how you see it. It doesn't matter how I feel it. It matters how you feel it. And so we've got to weave these things together. And what I try to do is through this physical journey, through showing you how easy it is to change your physiology. That's not the hard part. The hard part is getting you to believe that you did it and that you don't need anything else to, to hold it. And so we've got to do them both. You can't just rely on something physical to change yes. the physical, right? And so what they actually found in quantum physics and quantum mechanics is that the field impacts the matter. It's not that you impact the matter to change the field, but we change, we work on the level of biochemistry, physiology to change the matter. At the same time, working on these things that impact the field so that then you can start removing once the body detoxifies, regenerates, does everything that it has the capacity to do, you can start bringing these things away. And then you have a human being that if they want to utilize these tools, they can, but they don't need them to have the health that's available to them. And so it's this dance, um, it's this undoing. And that's why I chose that word grit 
because what gets a person through it? It wasn't the pill. It's not going to be the diet. It's not going to be the program. It's you understanding and having that grit to make the decisions day in, day out, to drastically change every part of your life to where the only thing that could happen is that you're different on the other side, that all of it has been touched by you, handpicked by you, for you. It's all medicine and it's all for you. And then when you're living in a world like that, how can you not be well? And it's not because you're replicating somebody else's five-step process. It's because we've created a process in you that is for you, right? Again, we'll go back to that knowing yourself. What do you want? What do you love? What energizes you? What feeds you? Why is that not your daily life? Because it could be. Right. Right. And so that's where we weave both of these worlds instead of just relying on one um, to change physiology. Right. Because, you know, that's why even we'll circle back to the very beginning of the diagnosis. I found that it was 10 times easier to get the physiology to change, to reverse the diagnosis on paper than it was to get the individual to let go of the emotional connection to the word that they were given mm. incorrectly. That says a lot about where we're at. So we've got to, we've got to work on both of these because both of those are why we're not in balance. We do have a toxic world. We're not eating foods that nourish us. Our soil is depleted. All of those things are true. Also, we've bought into a system that says you're broken. You need to be fixed. Something's wrong with you and you can't trust yourself. So if we just work on one side, we're never going to get people out. We've got to work on both and realize that that is what it is to be a human being. And it's beautiful and it's messy and it's ugly at times um, and it's dynamic and it's ever-changing. And that's what humans are. You cannot reduce a human to an algorithm. You cannot reduce a human to a research study. Um, it's all of it all at once, all at the same time. We use what we have at our disposal through modern medicine um, but we don't use it to define limit or tell somebody how far they can go. Right. Or that, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Amazing. So see, I told you everybody, humanity, wisdom, knowing, like imagine if every healthcare practitioner believed in this way and encouraged their patients to believe in this way. Just imagine where we'd be and how empowered we'd be, how different decisions would be made and how we would, the news wouldn't even be on anymore because nobody would listen to it. They'd have no power. It wouldn't even exist. Like the media would be done, right? Like amazing. Thank you. So how can people find out about you, Dr. Huckabee? Where do they, where do they go? Yeah, so you can find me at gritnaturalmedicine.com. That's my practice. Um, if you want just little cosmic links and subtle reminders of what is possible in you. I'm also on Instagram at Dr. Cassie Huckabee. Um, and I try to be more active on there um, just to connect with beautiful souls and like-minded people. Um, and those are the two best ways to find me um, in my medicine and my practice. And you see people in person and you see them online. I see them all virtually right now. Oh, all virtually. Oh, okay. Located in San Diego, do some meetups here and there. Um, open to speaking engagements. Um, that's how we also can connect. Um, but most everything is, or everything medical is virtual. Uh, okay. You don't need me to have any of it at the end of it. And you don't need me to touch you, to manipulate you, to do anything. It's all you doing it the whole time. Um, Amazing. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. 
Yes, it is a beautiful thing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and your wisdom today and hold on before I stop this. But anyways, you guys check her out. Dr. Cassie Huckabee, check out on Instagram and on at her, at her website. And I also, I shared a song that you had posted. I went and checked you out because I'm never on Instagram myself, but you shared that one by LP, the song strange. Yeah. And I am like addicted to that song. It's like in my head constantly. I just have to just play it again and again and again and again. It's amazing. So thank you for sharing that too. <laughs> All right. I'm going to stop. Thanks everybody for tuning in. <laughs>